Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 25-8 Sportscast. I'm your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how you doing today? Doing great, Tommy. Feeling great. Uh, this is an exciting episode we have in store, and I'm um, always excited to be a part of this great podcast. Yeah, I am as well, as Jet kind of has a train passing by the old crib right now. Um, this is a special one. Episode 50 of this fine podcast, everybody. I know. I know. Everybody settle down, please. I know. Oh, you guys are too kind. I know. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it really has been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, here's to 500 more. Jet and I. Let's start together. off with 50 more. Let's, let's you know. start off with 50 more. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, <laughs> wrong sound effect there. <laughs> uh but yeah we got a lot on the slate today it's we're not we don't really have like a 50th web show spectacular um as our friends over at iCarly would well no what we, what we were trying to do is that what our big announcement was several episodes back is we were going to do a 24-hour marathon for our 50th episode <laughs> and uh give you uh all different kinds of fun stuff throughout the course of 24 hours tons of caffeine nearby keeping us awake but that uh that idea fell through due to upper management not giving us the the go ahead on that but nevertheless we're still gonna make the best out of this episode yeah we will and and i know we're gonna have plenty to talk about um that gives me a good idea jet what if when i hit ten thousand followers on tiktok we do a 24-hour stream like with that with no breaks no breaks i mean obviously we'll have to like get up and take a big fat donkey shit <laughs> I, would st- I would I would start off with twelve hours and then okay that's, maybe that's maybe when you get um another milestone we could do twenty four okay that sounds that sounds good hundred thousand is twenty four okay fine okay fine. uh so what we have on slate today obviously we have our Madden game of the day a little bit of an interesting one here obviously last time we had a, a reason for doing Colts Dolphins because I like the Colts. Chet likes the Dolphins, but uh, today we did randomized teams. So went to the home team, clicked L2, went to the away team, clicked L2. Right now we have Eagles-Eagles battling in a 0-0 brawl with three minutes left in the first. Um, hopefully the Eagles can come out on top of the Eagles, but you know that's yet to be seen. Go this ahead. is good because we're never going to get to see this ever play out in real life. So we're getting a taste of what these teams would be like going up against one another. And I think it's very fascinating. I'm very interested to see what these final box scores look like. No, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I wonder if Jalen Hurts is going to have a better game than Jalen Hurts in this one. What about, uh, I wonder if Miles Sanders is going to have a better game than Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, he's the best player on the Eagles, so I'm sure... They'll both which have Eagles? Really good games. Which, which, which Eagles is he he's the best, the best player? Pl- he's the best player on the franchise history. <laughs> okay. Okay. It goes Miles Sanders. Uh, who's even their best player ever, honestly? <laughs> Do they have one? Um, Nick Foles? LaShawn McCoy? Cunningham? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Nick Foles? I mean, you got, got him a ring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Donovan McNabb? Uh, could be. Could be. It's one of the quarterbacks. It has yeah, to be. No more Eagles talk. We'll, we'll revisit no, this in a little yeah. bit. We got a lot on top today. Harold Landry, he just blew his knee out, which is good for the Colts. I hate to say something like that on air, but it's really good for the Colts. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, we also are going to talk about Derrick Henry's contract and in other sports news, Donovan Mitchell, who we'll probably get to a little bit later on in the show, has finally been moved from the Utah Jazz. And after that, Jet and I are going to give you a few players in the mid-rounds of your fantasy football drafts. Uh, 12-man, full PPR, rounds maybe five through eight, a few guys to draft, a few guys to target in every one of your drafts, and a few guys to avoid in those rounds in every one of your drafts. But Jet, before any of that, let's go ahead and get started. Harold Landry. I mean, it, it, it stinks. I, sat, I, I joked around saying it's good for the Colts, where in reality it is. But I think the Colts had the division locked up anyway. Now when I argue with fans from Knoxville on Twitter, I'm going to have to hear, ah, our star linebacker missed the whole year. Well, while that is true, I don't really think that affected much. But as far as the player standpoint goes, sucks. It's, it really stinks yeah. for the guy. He, he's a great player. Um, I would argue he's a top 10 linebacker in the league. And, uh, Jet, what are your initial takeaways? Yeah, so, I mean, talk about, like, one of the best players on this defense. It's it's a massive loss. This is a guy, he had his, a career high in sacks a year ago with 12. Um, it actually made him the first Titans pass rusher with double-digit sacks since Brian Arakbo had 10 and a half in 2015. And, you know, when we talked about the Titans in our preview, like, I, I touched on the fact that the Titans had pretty much everyone returning and like on defense, and this was a defense that was you know pretty good a year ago. And I think you know I know it's only one guy, but I think this one guy has more of an impact than really anyone else on this defense. And now what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to use some sort of combination between second-year outside linebacker Rashad Weaver and uh, five-year defensive um, veteran defensive edge Ola Adeniyi. Um, those, so those would be their primary options to make up for Landry. It's gonna take some take. It's gonna take some other guys to step up um, if they want to, you know, at least try and fight for the division somewhat because they're replacing a guy that Landry played 89 and a half snaps last year. One of the more durable players for the Titans, and obviously. Um, who's also na named to a Pro Bowl. So I've been listing off all these accolades, and you could already tell that it's definitely going to be an adjustment, you know, the first couple of weeks. I think um, this hole could, you know, prove to be um, a, a bigger loss than maybe we even expect. But I'm, I'm really curious to see how the Titans, as a defensive unit, bounce back from this. Yeah, I mean, there's – there's losing a one of your best players, and then there's losing your defensive anchor, and that that would be equivalent to the Dolphins losing Xavier Howard. Yeah, Colts I mean honestly, or the Colts, Leonard. the Colts, yeah, the Colts losing Shaquille. You know, Shaquille Leonard. Excuse me. Yeah. Or you could even go as far as saying the Cowboys losing top known top twenty five player in the NFL, Trayvon Diggs, who. You know, obviously, if it was up to me, I would have had him a little bit higher. I say 23 is too low for a guy that was, you know, top 30 in coverage last year. Absolutely. Enough of that shit. I'm sorry. I'm not going to keep bringing up the NFC's piece of shit teams. You keep doing it. <laughs> I keep doing it. Um, let's just move on to Derrick Derek Henry. Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Second um, best running back in the AFC South. 
Yeah. Um, and he's now the highest, he's going to be the highest paid running back for this season with yep. a new deal, a $2 million raise that brings his salary to $14 million for the year. They didn't add any additional years onto his contract. So 2023 is the last season of his current contract. And we'll see what happens after that. But obviously, I mean, the big storyline for Derrick Henry coming into the season, is he going to be able to stay healthy really at his first major injury last year where he missed about half of the season. So obviously the focal point of what the Titans do on offense. And obviously they felt like they needed to pay, pay him, you know, as so um, we'll see if it proves to be worth it. And then obviously a whole nother story and a whole nother debate is if he will be around after the season. Yeah. It was interesting to me. It kind of seemed like the Titans have the same questions as NFL fans do. Um, they didn't seem to have complete faith in Derrick Henry staying healthy this year. And you could tell that by giving him a raise, but they're not giving him an extension. No. And they're the, correction, the to... correction I want to make, it's it's 2023 is the last year of his contract, not 2022. And then he becomes yeah. an un, unrestricted free agent in 2024. Mm-hmm. So. so so they they definitely don't want to tie any more tie up any more of their future with this guy until he can prove, you know, he's not injury prone. It was a freak thing. Um, but realistically, it's on the Titans if that is the end of his career and, you know, kind of coming towards the end of his career because the overusage on Derrick Henry just honestly throughout his entire NFL career was unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think he'll get another contract from the Titans? Because he's after 2023, he'll be uh, 29 years old. Um, obviously just about the age 30 and for running backs. I mean, that's even a milestone to accomplish to, to be able to produce at that level. But do you see the Titans giving him another contract? Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I got to see, cause he didn't look good against the Bengals when he finally came back from the foot injury. And so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take a pass on that question until I actually see him in game a little bit. I don't believe he played it all during the preseason. I don't know why he would. No. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to see it. Week one, honestly, I will have my answer by week one. Okay. If he looks like King Henry, then I'll say, yeah, I think they give it to him regardless of injury because now he's shown for the first time that he can come back from an injury. Yeah. Uh, but if there's any running back, teams. and I think this is always touched on, like if there's any running back that's going to break the trend of running backs, you know, Dying, dying off at a certain age. I think he can buck that trend just because of the yeah. way he's built and who he is. But uh, we'll have to figure out and we'll have to wait to see what happens with that. Yeah. Last piece of Titans news. I just saw this from scrolling this article. Josh Gordon has been signed to the Tennessee Titans practice squad. Wow. The guy who we talked about. We talked about him about just 48 hours ago from this moment. And yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. I didn't think he would be just sitting on waivers. I don't know. It's to be determined when he gets suspended well, again. But taking a, taking a flyer on a guy that has shown that he can produce in this league, very similar to uh, taking a flyer on someone like Jalen Rager. Um, I know he hasn't had as much production in the league, but taking a flyer on a former first-round pick, regardless if he should have been a first-round pick. But as far as Josh Gordon goes, I mean, his, his best days are probably behind him. Obviously, the Titans are going to give him a look considering they're a little bit depleted at receiver. Um, I don't think we see Josh Gordon, if he plays, have an impact. But, you know, it's it's the name value. We, we know what happens when you get attracted to name value. Right. You think Aaron Jones is better than DeAndre Swift, and then you 
quietly say off in another one of your podcasts that DeAndre Swift should be the RB1 this year. Um, yeah, just so you know, I paid attention to that. I noticed. But let's get on to Donovan Mitchell finally getting out of Utah, and the Utah Jazz have blown up the whole thing. They made the playoffs a couple years in a row. Donovan Mitchell had a couple really dominant playoff series. Rudy Gobert, he was kind of so-so, but great on defense. And now they're both gone. Rudy Gobert is playing a four somewhere, and Donovan Mitchell is now not headed to the New York Knicks, as a lot of people were expecting. Knicks offered an arm and a leg for the guy. He didn't want to go there. And so now he is a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I thought I said your name wrong. That's what I was owing about. But uh, they didn't give up. A, they really didn't give up a ton. I think there, the Cavs, what? They gave, I think they gave up a lot. I, I think it's worth it. But I, it's definitely a, a big package. Obviously, we'll see what happens with that package. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of assets and a lot of good players. I think that the they didn't give up any of the core, which is important. Right. I think that they keeping Garland, Allen, and Evan Mobley was an unbelievable steal. To keep that those young three that have really been playing well together. Obviously, yeah, Colin Sexton, who you know, he he can be what he can be. He's not a superstar, and he probably will never be a superstar. But Donovan Mitchell is. So to get rid of him. The three picks, you don't even know what they're going to be. They could be anywhere between Markel Fultz and Joel Embiid. But instead, they're going to keep their three young guys that they believe in heavily. And I do, too. I'm also a believer in uh, Allen, Garland, and Mobley. And now they have Donovan Mitchell, a veteran leader, who, you know, he can control the court. I think this team makes the playoffs. I know that you said otherwise. You said they didn't really get better. No, no. I think I, I definitely think they got better. I just think a lot of people are anointing them like you know one of the top teams Contenders. in the Eastern Conference, and I don't I don't necessarily believe that's the case just yet. I'd probably but slot I, them in right above the Heat. See, I would slot them right right below the Heat. Um, <laughs> I, I, that was actually my question to you. Um, and you could take some time to to figure this out while I'm just talking a little bit more of the Cavs. But as far as how would you rank now, let's say, like, who are the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference? And I'll give you, if you want, a second to think about that while I'll just you know, give yeah. my little bit of analysis on this. Yeah. Um, for me, um, as a, I've always been a proponent, if you're able to get a superstar player for picks, you take the superstar player. You touched on it. These picks are no guarantee to work out. And, and they very well could turn into like a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum type players from these picks, or they can turn into a Greg Oden, a Markel Fultz. Like it's there's the range of outcomes is extreme. And you know, with Donovan Mitchell, the range of outcomes are not extreme. You know what you're getting from him. And on top of that, this is a guy that you know, I think he has three years left in his contract. So they're able to control him for, you know, the, the prime of his career. Um, and this is going to go a long way towards elevating this team towards the level they want to go. Obviously, it's going to be tough given how competitive the Eastern Conference is going to be. I mean, more competitive in, than ever. But like you touched on that core with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, now you add um, Donovan Mitchell to this. I think you can easily make the case that the Cavaliers now have the best backcourt. In the Eastern Conference, I've, obviously you can throw in names like you know, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray 
James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, um, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, this team got a lot better. I'm curious to hear what your top eight would be because I want to give uh, who I think my top eight are right now, right after. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that you had this idea pre-show. You just didn't give them to me in the pre-show notes. So just shaft me whenever you can, Jet. That's going to be my new saying. It's my uh, surprise segment for you. No, shaft me whenever you can, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think the Bucks reclaim dominance. I think that having Middleton healthy is going to mean a lot for this team. After that, I'm going to go Celtics at two. Sixers at three. I think James Harden having an offseason to match and gel with the play style of Embiid is going to be important rather than them kind of getting thrown together. After that, though, I think it has to be some form of Heat, Hawks, and Cavs. Those three teams, I think, are in four to six. And then I think seven and eight, uh, I'll, I'll do seven, eight, and nine is going to be interchangeable some form of Brooklyn, Toronto, and the Bulls. Okay, yeah, I, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty close to where you have it. Um, My top eight would be the only – I think the only difference is I would have the Boston Celtics at number one. I would have the Milwaukee Bucks at two. You know, the Celtics obviously being in the NBA Finals and considering they also made a few additions in the offseason, I think their team is going to be – as strong as ever. Now that these guys have gotten experience in the finals, I think they're, yeah, you can argue that maybe they'll get a little bit of an NBA finals hangover, but I think they're going to take the next step forward and potentially get right back to that spot. And obviously the Bucks at two with Giannis and Chris Middleton will be back. And we know with this team was fully healthy in the playoffs, they, they clearly could have made a run at the finals once again. Um, number three for me, would be the Philadelphia 76ers. We touched on if James Harden gets another off, uh, his first full offseason with this team to get fully acclimated, um, you know, look a little bit more athletic as far as his, his frame is concerned and gel with um, the, 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 uh, the scheme and the team. I mean, the 76ers have so much talent and added PJ Tucker. Obviously, we've talked about that, <laughs> a, a, a fantastic addition there. So I would have the let me let me let me re let me restate my four through nine before you do so that way I can just I have I have a more clear order now. Okay. I'm gonna go Heat four, Hawks five, Cavs at six. The reason I have the Cavs at six, Jared Allen is not the biggest big in the league, and I think if you're looking at the Eastern Conference, you gotta be able to play with bigs. You know you got Joel Embiid obviously, Bam Adebayo who's himself isn't the biggest big but he's bigger than Jarrett um Giannis you could count him I mean Brooke Lopez uh it, it, it I think there's too many bigs in the east for the Cavs to compete I think Jared Allen's a great young player I just think he might get a little bit outmatched on defense so I'll go Heat Hawks Cavs and then I'm gonna go Brooklyn I'll go Brooklyn, Toronto, and I will go Bulls at nine. Okay. For me, four, four through six is, is the tough, tough for me. It's obviously between the Heat, Hawks, and Cavaliers for me. Not going to sit here and say that I'm ecstatic about how the Heat's offseason turned out, 
obviously, you know, missed out on Donovan Mitchell, missed out on KD in a way. Um, also, you know, looking at Rudy Gobert and Kyrie Irving. And a, Tucker. Yeah, and a bunch of those names. Um, <laughs> Marquise, I just think, almost missed out on Marquise. I, I just think that the difference right now between this Heat team and these these two young teams and the and this, the Cavaliers and the Hawks, the Heat have been through this before and obviously led by Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I would still take the Heat over those other two teams. And then number five for me um, – I gotta go with the, I gotta go with the Cavs. Uh, I think with with Donovan Mitchell, I mean, tremendous leap for this team. Pair that with that group we've talked about. It's gonna be a very exciting season for them. And then the Hawks for me at six. The addition of Dejounte Murray is is gonna go a long way towards helping out this defense. But you know, they're they're still a little bit thin as far as depth is concerned. Um, you know, I like what I've seen as far as the improvements, but we also have to see like how these two. Back, these guys in the backward can mesh together. So I, I'll put the the Hawks. Um, so the the Heat at four, the Cavaliers at five, Hawks at six, the Nets seven. Just I don't expect this to ever get better. Um, obviously yeah. you have two talented guys, but after that, not really much else going on. Yeah, it's my catchphrase. Bad franchises stay bad. True. They just do. You're right. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. And then eight, eight for me. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bulls. Um, very good team. And this was a team that you know made a nice surprising run a year ago, and they got Zach Levine back. Lonzo Ball will be back healthy. Still have DeMar DeRozan. So I, I they have a good team. It's just they don't have enough yet to compete with the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. And I'm assuming Raptors at nine. Yeah, Raptors. If I was doing nine, like I. Uh, like I said, um, I'm going to put them there. Yeah, we had pretty similar, just flip-flops, I think, three sets of teams. Yeah, yeah. But you could argue very easily either way for both of them. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right, you want to you want an update on the game, Jet? Yeah, let me hear. Jake Elliott, for the home team, just put a field goal up and through. It is either 10-0 or 7-3. It's to be determined after this <laughs> replay. 7-3. So the away team is up 7-3. Five seconds left in the second quarter. We got a bit of a snooze fest. You would think these guys playing each other in practice every day would, you know, the offense would have the defense figured out by now, but I guess not. All right, Jet, you ready to get into – do we have any – oh, actually, real quick, let's let's retouch on the Mets-Dodger series that we started yeah. with on Tuesday. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what fuck, you thought about Jacob Degrom. Me, me, silly. Well, tell me what I you thought about that. I just can't believe he was carted off the field in the seventh inning. Um, <laughs> got the third out, and now he's in a local hospital. But yeah, the, the, fuck the Mets. I can't believe they just came away with this series when they were honestly outmatched in the pitching department. Uh, I, I, I really, I, I, I don't want to even believe what happened. Two one. That was a great game. DeGrom obviously pitched incredibly, seven innings, three hits, one run, one earned. And I think the the thing about this Mets team this year is that their bullpen has been so surprisingly good. Yeah. Edwin Diaz to pitch to an ERA under 1-4, nobody expected that. Adam Adovino, he's always been a decent run-of-the-mill reliever, but now he's got a two ERA with this team with 18 holds. I'm sure he's got a ton of innings. 
54 innings. Yeah, he's I mean, he's been playing all year. And nobody can hit him for some reason. So that was game two. Obviously, Tyler Anderson pitched an uh, absolute gem as well. Yep. And then in game three, I mean, it was a really low scoring series, which you kind of expected. These are two of the most pitching dominant teams in the league. I'm going to chalk this up as the Dodgers are dealing with more injuries right now. I don't know if you want to do the same, but we can both sulk together. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I just think it's clear what I've been saying all along, ever since those quarterly predictions uh, back, back, way back when, when I, I suggested that, yeah, yeah, I don't want to say it, but the Mets look like they have this division wrapped up, and I think that's going to be the case the rest of the way. Um, so, big, big series winner for them, because now the Mets, I mean, we've talked about this before, but they also have the easiest schedule remaining, um, so... I think it's I think it's clear where this is headed. I would like to make a point though. If Kershaw wasn't coming off of an injury, I think the Dodgers do win game three. Because Kershaw went five innings, one hit, but he was pulled just due to injury concerns. He, come on, you can't tell me that he wasn't dominating. I know he was dominating. So he would have like, he would have won at least seven. Five we don't know hit. that though. Like that's all. This is all like hypothetical. We don't know what would have happened. And here's what that. happened in the sixth and seventh innings. C. Martin, who the fuck is C. Martin? Uh, Chris Martin and Caleb Ferguson combined for two innings, five hits, four earned runs, and two strikeouts in innings six and seven. Take that away, and the Dodgers in this game three one. Jed, I think we just need to both. Mutually agree to chalk it up as injury concerns and, and that. I'm not willing to do um, that. But, uh, but let's go ahead and move on to Jet. If you had a team in the NL East that was decent, like it, I get you're a fan of the NL East, yeah, team, the Marlins. You know, the way that I look at so, it, um, come about, I think, like end of end of October. We'll pull, I'll, I'll, I'll save you a nice seat on the couch because you won't be able to watch the Phillies for long. So. All right. Well, I don't know why I don't know why the people in the <laughs> I don't know why our viewers like that so much, but whatever. Let's get on to targets and avoids in rounds five through eight. Twelve man PPR fantasy drafts. Uh, a little bit about our what's the word jet that means like kind of like a resume, like why people should believe you portfolio no well either way this is why you should believe me i've finished in front of jet two out of two times in our fantasy leagues together so far in our careers um you know it's such a small sample size that but the sample size is big enough that it's 100 of the time that's like that's like saying that um through through five games in in baseball Whoever's winning the division, they're they're the better team, and that's just how it is. That's it's not. No, it's nothing like that. It, exactly. Yes. By the way, we can't count fantasy or dynasty in these because I didn't draft a win now team. I didn't either. Please, dude. <laughs> this guy came away with forty year olds. All right, let's get into. Let's just get into it. I don't know. You sidetrack us all the time. No, you sidetrack. You know. You wonder why the Raiders have been down from a thousand thousand a a show to a hundred. Like, you wonder. Shaft me whenever you can, man. All right. How many names do you want to talk about? Let's do – I mean, honestly, it's only only 
Rounds five through eight. So I mean I got a bunch of names ready. So Okay, that's fine. So we'll go ahead. You can start us. Start us off. What's yeah, one player so my, that all, all you are my... targeting in round five? Okay, so all, just so everyone knows, all of my ADP is based off of the fantasyfootballcalculator.com. Um, nicely organized there by round, and I was able to identify which players I am most interested in in these rounds. So fifth round for me, uh, Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans, a guy that seems you know underrated every single year, and all he does is produce. Uh, last year, he was the 16th best wide receiver in PPR formats. Over 1,000 yards, once again, six touchdowns. And he's in an offense that they're going to be trailing a bunch. Davis Mills seems to like to throw the ball to him. Obviously, he doesn't have a ton of upside, but I think at this point in the draft, you're not necessarily looking for a ton of upside. You're looking for, depending on how the beginning of your draft went, potentially your wide receiver two or a flex play. And, and Brandon Cooks, yeah, he may not you know, go nuclear with a 30-point out in one week, but he's going to be very consistent. 10 to 15 points, maybe even a little more. You can argue like 12 to 15 as, as his floor. Um, I love Brandon Cooks this year. Okay. And what was his ADP, did you say? Uh, specifically, because it's in the fifth round. Yeah. Okay. I just want to know if our website's lined up, because I'm on Fantasy Pros. Yeah, so his, um, his exact ADP is the 508, 58th overall. No, that'd be that would be sixty-eighth overall. This has it as, as or uh, no, five times twelve is sixty. Yeah. So that so would 58. be so okay. Yeah. So the fifth round eight. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. All right. So uh okay. So someone that I'm targeting in the fifth round of fantasy draft based on fantasy pros ADP jet, who I can't believe really is this low is Deontay Johnson. Okay. Now, you know how much I love Deontay Johnson. This website has him going at 48. Is that is that legal? 48? Are we going to call 412? Are we going to say 412 is not allowed? Because That's fine. I have That's, fine. Right. That's fine. Deontay Johnson. Draft him, everybody. My pedigree. That's the word I was looking for earlier, pedigree. Uh, you want to listen to me over Jet because I finished in front of him two out of two leagues. Deontay Johnson – he has really a, a small amount of target competition. You can say that Chase Claypool is there. You can say that George Pickens is there, and I agree with the, both of those statements. Chase Claypool doesn't scare me because they run different routes. Deontay Johnson is more of your prototypical slant route receiver. Chase Claypool is more of the go-up-and-get-it guy. Um, and George Pickens, he's a rookie. He's not going to be playing every snap. There's going to be points where Mike Tomlin wants to teach him. There's going to be points where he's not going to be on the field. He's going to be on the sidelines. And Najee Harris last year had way, way, way more targets than he's going to get this year. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger was – the difference is, obviously, Roethlisberger wasn't a great quarterback last year. He wasn't the worst quarterback in the league last year. But the thing about Roethlisberger was that's different from him and Trubisky – or whoever starts for the Steelers team, neither of them are great. But the thing is that Trubisky is quicker on his feet. He's more athletic. So if he gets pressured, he's going to be able to roll out and find a deeper man downfield. Whereas Roethlisberger, a guy's coming at him, he kind of had to take the closest and safest option for his body. 
Um, and that's what I think is going to be the difference this year. A lot of people are saying Deontay will be worse this season. I think there's more of a clear path toward wide receiver one for Deontay Johnson than there is to a clear path to a descending out of the wide receiver two position. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've struggled with Deontay Johnson all offseason long just because I think the main thing for me, while he's, he's not necessarily someone I'm totally avoiding, but, I mean, there's other guys in this range that I prefer – Big Ben, I mean, he peppered him every single target imaginable. And obviously, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, whoever the quarterback is, could very well do the same thing. But I think not, – I'm not saying, like, Mitch Trubisky has a, you know, a hell of a deep ball, but I don't think we're just going to see check downs and slant passes and stuff like that, hence why someone like a Chase Claypool could, you know, have some more production. And, and George Pickens, who's looked great in preseason in the training camp, um, we obviously we don't know what his role is, but if he gets a huge role, I mean that's going to affect Deontay Johnson, and then obviously still have Najee Harris there. So I think Deontay Johnson's going to be fine. I just don't think he's going to see as many targets as he did really the past two seasons. Okay, yeah, I, I that's that's my case against Najee. Um, I can I can see the case against Deontay for really the same reasoning, but it, it's it's kind of you pick one and you yeah. kind of choose who you think is going to be the same. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for me, uh, for the next, I'm going to go with the sixth round. Uh, one, a tight end that I really like this year, Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a guy that the last several years um, has been un- unbelievable at the tight end position, and I don't, I still think he's getting a little bit overlooked. For me, I think he he has um, top five potential. I mean, he's going you know around like between as far as tight ends go, like the sixth, seventh, eighth tight end, maybe a little bit higher. But last year he was the fourth, he was the fourth best tight end already. So he already has top five finish under his belt. He had over 800 yards, eight touchdowns. And now when you look at this Cowboys offense, you have CD lamb and Dalton Schultz and, and obviously the running backs, but as far as receivers and tight ends go, that's all you really have. Um, I think Dalton Schultz is going to use it. see over a hundred targets this year. I don't think, Double digit touchdowns is is out of the question at all. Um, so for me, if I don't get you know one of the top three or four tight ends, Dalton Schultz is someone I'm heavily targeting because I think he's going to have a, another fantastic season. Yeah. Before I get to my first avoid at all at all costs, do you think that who do you think will have a better year as far as who will finish higher tight end ranking? Schultz or Waller? I'm just not a huge Waller guy. I'm I not think, this year. I, I think Schultz Schultz is going to finish higher. Like I'm, I'm honestly avoiding Darren Waller. I think with the injury issues, with Devontae Adams coming in, I know a lot of people have argued with Devontae Adams coming in. It, it opens the field for other guys. But really, last year, obviously, he can stay healthy. But he had that one good season where he broke out. And, and then other than that – um. I mean, you still have Hunter Renfro in the picture, and I don't think there's enough work to go around for Darren Waller because I still think this team is going to run the ball a lot too. Yeah, it's I, I'm going to take Schultz over Waller as well here. I, I think it's kind of weird that Waller is being drafted as high as he is, but he isn't my avoid. My avoid is someone going as the wide receiver 19, and that is DK Metcalf. I cannot see a world where DK Metcalf finishes as a – wide receiver two and this even in even in not as deep leagues even in 10-man leagues DK Metcalf is being drafted as a low-end wide receiver two 
And I just – I don't see Drew Locke being able to get him the ball. I'm avoiding everyone on this Seahawks offense in, in shallower leagues outside of Rashad Penny. And Rashad Penny is only because he's draft, being drafted after Kenneth Walker. And I think Rashad Penny is going to start for the first few weeks. If he puts together a few decent games, he's a great trade piece candidate. Um, but, but this Seahawks offense, I am avoiding altogether outside of Penny. And DK Metcalf is no different. I know he has intent, immense skill. Um, his hands aren't the greatest, though. And when you mix in a few drops with very few and far between quality targets, and what I mean by quality targets is that your quarterback is really actually getting the ball to a catchable spot on your body without a ton of coverage, without, you know, you're going up over the middle, getting cracked as soon as the ball touches your chest. Um, I think it's not going to work out well for Metcalf this year. Is, is there a point where you would potentially consider him, or is this the type of thing where you're just avoiding them altogether? If I have two running backs, three receivers, and a tight end, and I don't like anyone else on the board, I'll take him, but that means he's got to fall to round seven. So. Right. Right. I don't see it happening. If he does okay, fall for- to round seven, though, and, and that's the case, yeah. I got a couple. I, like, he's my wide receiver four. I can stash him away on the bench and hope Drew Locke ages well or, you know, something like that. But other than that, no. Okay, I'll, I'll pick up with another wide receiver, and this one um, is one that I'm avoiding for this season. Amari Cooper of the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns. Obviously, it's a mess there with Deshaun Watson going to get I'm going to have to miss 11 games and you bring in Jacoby Brissett. And obviously this is the worst quarterback that Amari Cooper has had in his career, obviously being with the Raiders and Derek Carr and the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. This is definitely a downgrade. And I think this Cleveland Browns offense as a whole is going to struggle. There's, they're not going to be able to put a lot of points on the board until Deshaun Watson comes back. So even if you draft Amari Cooper with the hope that is going to be good, you know, by playoff time, like we don't even know if Deshaun Watson's going to be good. So you're you're hoping for a lot. It just makes more sense to avoid them altogether. Because honestly, you know, the, the past two seasons, Amari Cooper hasn't even been great for fantasy. He's been a an okay wide receiver to, to really towards the low end, and that was in a high powered Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, I think Amari Cooper's best days are behind us, and he's someone I'm avoiding this year. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, he's just. You can't trust Brissett. You really can't. There's no. nothing you can't bank your fantasy team on a quarterback like that. Um, but a wide receiver, I am heavily drafting this year, heavily, especially if he falls to this ADP, which is wide receiver 26, which means he is a high end flex play. I'm all in, and that is Chris Godwin. His ADP is so low because of the because of the injury scares, but there's no, there's no shot. I mean, this guy was being drafted, I'm pretty sure, round three last year. And Tom Brady had the best – one of the best statistical years of his career. I think it was the second-best statistical year of his career. Um, over 5,000 passing yards, over 40 touchdowns, great year. And Leonard Fournette was involved in the running game. So it was an all-around firing and all-cylinders offense. You add Julio Jones and Russell Gage, who I think will be able to more than – um, more than fix the hole that left with Antonio Brown between those two guys. And I think that Chris Godwin has no reason 
that he wouldn't finish below wide receiver 24. Um, I, I like Chris Godwin a lot this year. Interesting, because he's actually um, one of the guys I wanted to talk about as far as who I'm avoiding. And based okay. off the, the ADP that I'm, I'm looking at, um, this has Chris Godwin as a fifth-round pick, 507, pick 57. Um, for me, for a what guy wide receiver is that, does it say? Um, that is wide receiver. Because I got him at pick 64, wide receiver 26 on Fantasy Pros. So this has him as wide receiver 22, so a little, okay. a little bit higher. And for me, guys coming off of injury, obviously they're bigger risks, and a lot of their ADPs will, you know, go down a little bit for that being the case. But for Chris Godwin, I just don't want to have to deal with him potentially missing games in the beginning of the season. And even once he starts playing, I think it's going to be a while before he gets back up to speed and is the Chris Godwin that we all know. So as, if we're talking about, like, you know, a redraft league next year, I'm all in on Chris Godwin. Obviously, we'll see what with Tom Brady, what happens with him. But if Tom Brady is the quarterback, yes, Chris Godwin's a great pick in 2023. But I'm just not interested in taking a guy that has a lot of risk even with a deflated ADP, um, I'd much rather prefer some of the other wide receivers in this range. Like I talked about Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Gabe Davis a little bit later, guys that I know are healthy at, at this point in this at this point before the season. Obviously things can change, but there's just too much risk for me for Chris Godwin. Um okay. yeah, so then another another wide receiver I, lo- I love this year. Um, on the New York Jets, going in the eighth round right now, um, around pick 803, Elijah Moore, obviously towards the tail end of last year, no matter who was the quarterback, Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore was getting a ton of targets and looks like he can easily be a number one wide receiver. A.J. Brown has come out and said that Elijah Moore is a better player than him. I mean, we don't know if he's just saying that, to, you know, to be nice, but I mean, most wide receivers are going to say that they're better. And for him to say that, I think it's a, a nod at how talented Elijah Moore really is. And we'll have Joe Flacco most likely starting off the season. And I think, honestly, that that helps Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson's there, but he's a rookie, and we don't really know what to expect from him. I think getting a guy that can potentially put up high-end wide receiver two numbers in the eighth round, um, I'll take it all day. Okay, a guy that I am avoiding at all costs, doesn't matter. I, I could see this guy in the 15th round. I wouldn't draft him, and that is Clyde edwards Elaire. He is currently going as the running back 26, 65th overall. And there's, I mean, it's, it's so easy to make a case against this guy. The only reason he is being drafted as high as he is is because he is the technical running back one on this offense. I would honestly go as far as saying I would draft Ronald Jones in the 15th round over Clyde. I would draft Jarek McKinnon over Clyde. Jarek McKinnon's a running back in his mid, early to mid 30s, like 32, 33. I don't know for sure. And he outperformed him hand over fist last season in the playoffs. He was the better back. He was the better receiving back. Derek Gore at times looked better than Clyde did. Clyde Edwards, he best game of his career was the first game of his career. His entire career has literally been downhill since the season opener, Thursday night football, 2020. And, and, and you can look at his, you can go check. If you don't believe me, he has not been that good ever since that moment. 
Absolutely. He was a guy that I also had on my voids list that I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, I, I agree with all those points you made. Um, another avoid for me in the seventh round. I know a lot of people are, are you trying to shaft me right now. Shaft me whenever you can, Jet. Actually, no, I'm going to talk about a different player because I want to shaft you again. <laughs> talk about a guy in the sixth round. Don't forget the other guy. If we have time, I'll talk about him. Adam Phelan. You shafted me. Going, going and pick 603. Um, I've just never been a fan of that drafting Adam Phelan in fantasy leagues. And I know. Um, he's a touchdown machine, but I just don't want to rely on someone that has to really score a touchdown to be fantasy relevant. And, and obviously he gets the yards, he gets the receptions, but not as much as he did earlier on in his career. You got Justin Jefferson there. Now the team's still going to run the ball a ton. And I know they brought in Kevin O'Connell to have somewhat of that Los Angeles Rams feel as far as the offense goes. But when you're looking at where Adam Thielen's going, with the other wide receivers around him, you have two wide receiver ones going after him and Marquise Brown and Darnell Moody. Obviously, Marquise Brown will be the wide receiver too once DeAndre Hopkins comes back, but those are both two guys I prefer. You got Amonra St. Brown several picks later. Um, then you got Juju Smith-Schuster and Rashad Bateman several picks later. So you look at all those wide receiver ones down the list that I prefer. Even if they're not in as good of an offense, they're going to get plenty of volume. Adam Thielen, he's not really going to get a ton of volume. He's going to find the end zone. But again, he can't find that end zone if he's not healthy. And he's struggled to stay healthy these past several years. Yeah, I I agree this year. But I completely disagree with your point of staying away from him altogether in, in years past. You can say he's touchdown dependent, but he gets touchdowns every year of his career, first of all. Second of all, he's got a high motor. He's got grit. He's got that dog in him. That's, that's, that's my case for him being one of the best receivers in the league. Same with Hunter Renfro. Um, you can really make the same case probably for Cooper Cup. I think Cup, Phelan, and Renfro all have that high motor, high grit, high intensity. There's another, there's another common denominator with them, too. Uh, slot receivers. Yeah. I, I understand it, yeah. But, you know, you know I mean, the thing is, uh, like, I wouldn't put Scotty Miller in that category just yet. He's no, close. No. He's right. close. Right. He's right. real close. Right. Uh, another player that I am drafting this year, Jet, Jalen Hurts. If I get Jalen Hurts to fall to me in the sixth round, I'm pulling the trigger every time. Because in the sixth round, I'm imagining I got my tight end one, I got my two running backs, and I got my two receivers locked up. Well, let me go get the cornerstone of this team, the guy that's going to score the most points, who was the – Quarterback one before he went uh, before he went down with injury yeah. last season, mm-hmm. and if I can grab him in the sixth round, I'm doing it every day of the week because if I look at a team, Jalen Hurts, two solid running backs that I took in the first two rounds, a really good tight end maybe in Mark Andrews that I took round two, running back round three, two wide receivers in round four or five because the wide receivers in round four or five this year are just are deeper than anything. Yep. And then I take Jalen Hurts in round six. I'm looking at my team and I'm thinking, all right, who's stopping me? I'm at this point. I'm looking at other teams. I'm looking at who's got a better top six than me. And and if yeah, I can, that's the dream scenario. Really. So I, I I totally agree. I'm obviously we've been talking a lot about shafting this in this episode and shaft yeah, me up, Jeff. And, and no, and and we have we have two fantasy drafts 
uh, coming up this weekend together. Yeah, and I know, I know for much. sure if Jalen Hurts is sitting there in the sixth round, which in both of those six rounds I'll have the pick before you. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to take him. <laughs> obviously, if all of was right, because I, I love him too. I actually think he's going to finish as the quarterback one this year. I mean, we talked about he was already the quarterback one for a good portion of the season, and then he got hurt. So, and he's in a better offense this year now. Yeah. But that's a good, a good segue because a guy in this offense I just don't like and I never have, probably never will. Dallas Goddard. Uh, tight oh, end. I thought this was a Miles Sanders for no, sure. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve time to be talked about on this <laughs> on this podcast anymore. Uh, for Dallas Goddard going in the seventh round, and he's a talented player. We know that it's not really about him as a talent. It's more about where he's going. I'm in this draft, obviously. Going in the seventh round behind Dalton Schultz, who's going pretty much around higher. Uh, but for me, I just don't think if, – if I'm going to draft a tight end in this type of range, I want to draft a tight end that potentially has top five upside. And, yes, Dallas Goddard finished as the seventh best tight end a year ago. But now with A.J. Brown coming in, I think that reduces some of his upside a little bit. I think I think he's going to finish right around where he draft, gets drafted, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I think that's a perfect range for him. And if you want that, you know, safety, um, I think Dallas Goddard is a very safe play. For, but for me, at that point in the draft, I would much rather wait on a tight end at that point. I would go for a Zach Ertz a little bit later on. A Cole Komet a little bit later on. And Albert O. Oh, a lot later on. <laughs> um, so it's it's not well, the what about Donald Parham Jr. Jet? You want to go ahead and wait till round fifteen? But uh, I know a lot of people are high in Dallas Goddard. I'm just not one of them. I don't think I ever will be. I'm gonna go with one more here, and my last one is going to be a player that I'm drafting at pick ninety four. If this guy falls to me at pick ninety four, and just listen to the magnitude of this, that is. In a 12-man league, the second-to-last pick – no, the third-to-last pick of the eighth round. And that is Hunter Renfro. Honest, I, you talk about the grit. You talk <laughs> about the high motor. You talk about the work ethic. No, but on a more serious note, though, Jet, do you see a world where this guy finishes below wide receiver 38? Just because Devontae Adams is in town, the slot, like the slot machine – Derek Carr found a serious liking to him at the end of last year, and it went on into the playoffs. There's Thanksgiving Day. He played incredible. There's just no chance he finishes below wide receiver 38. He's being drafted behind guys like Devontae Smith, who I'm also high on, but he's not as prominent in this offense as uh, Hunter Renfro is because the Eagles are going to run the ball more. A.J. Brown is there. Jalen Hurts isn't the greatest of throwers. He's also being drafted behind DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended for six games. And even then, I don't think he's the, the greatest fantasy wide receiver of all time. Drafted below, I mean, Rashad Bateman, I can kind of see. I think he finishes ahead of Bateman. He's being drafted after Tony Pollard is being drafted. Amari Cooper is being drafted. Adam Thielen's being drafted. Like, Hunter Renfro will finish well above wide receiver 38. Well above. Yeah, I mean, on my ADP, on the fantasy football calculator, they have him at 29. I think that's a reasonable range. I mean, I don't, I don't think he has as much upside as he did last year, and I think that's pretty obvious with Devontae Adams coming in and Darren Waller back healthy. Um, like, if you're going to draft him, especially at that point in the draft, it's not an upside pick, I don't think. It's it's more of a safety pick, a guy that – I think it's a, a great flex play. 
it's a great, it's a great flex play guy that you know is a t- favorite target of Derek Carr and is going to get fed the ball. Um, obviously not as good as Jalen Waddle, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't have any problem drafting him. It's just at that point of the draft, I'll probably pass him up for someone like Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore a little bit later, just because they have a little bit more upside. Okay, I can see it. It's just um, I'm all about the upside. You are, and that's that's why your teams are zero and two against mine and finishing above them. But let's let's revisit this uh, this conversation next time last year. Let's see, let's see where we are. This time last year. Next year. Next. We're year. going all the way back to 2021 for this. Okay. Umbridge, U-M-B-R-A-G-E. Umbridge is a formal word that usually refers to a feeling of being offended by what someone has said or done. It is often used in the phrase, take umbrage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take umbrage to what Jet said about Adam Thielen. I'm also going to take umbrage about Jet shafting me, honestly, all episode. He's taken his shaft and just hit me with it, you know, Minute in and minute out, segment in and segment out. He's going to talk about how, oh, I knew the bets were going to do this. Oh, I knew Clayton Kershaw was going to be shit. Well, Jet, newsflash, you give up one hit every five innings. You're a pretty fucking good pitcher, Jet. Uh, I'm going to take umbrage to what you've been saying to me. I'm going to take umbrage to you thinking Jalen Waddell is better than Hunter Renfro as far as wide receivers twos in the NFL go. Jalen Waddell has more to prove. Hunter Renfro is one of the best route runners I've ever seen. He's got the high motor. He's got the grit. He's got the intensity. Uh, I, I just I just don't know what you want me to do here. I'm taking umbrage to the fact that Jimmy Butler decided to put in hair extensions and braid them. I'm going to take umbrage to the fact that Jimmy Butler, a supposed top 10 player in the NBA, now wears weave. That's, that's it. Take umbrage to that, Jet. Take umbrage to that shit. Well said. Thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> I'm taking umbrage to you taking umbrage on me. So okay, well, um, I'm not too sure why you take umbrage to me, uh, being easily offended. <laughs> let's get a game uh, update, shall we? 24 seconds left, so let's just fill the time. Yeah, uh, and then I want I want actually to hear, I want to hear the let's, box let's, score after. Let's talk. Oh, never mind. They're about to kneel it. Jalen hurts. <laughs> Well, home team wins 17 to 10. Wow. Tightly contested game. It Tightly looks like contested it was an, game. an even match between two teams that are pretty close to one another. Yeah, they, they are. And I, I didn't even have uh, even teams uh, on. So. <laughs> read some, teams... Uh, you want to read some stats to me? Yeah, let's, let's get them going. Just got to wait for Jalen Hurts to kneel one more time against oh, Jalen Hurts. Okay. Yeah, and if, if you if you're uh, watching video version of Spotify, you'll just notice that Tom was frozen for about five to seven seconds, but he's back now. And uh, oh no way! I, th- I the game ended, and I don't think I can pause it. It's got to show me. Oh, it didn't show me the stats. Got to cross that off the episode outline now. That was a that was That's a good finish for us. That's horseshit. But at least the Eagles won. So at least the Eagles beat the Eagles. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Apologies there, guys. At least we're the days back. Yep. Um, you know, I'll do my best to 
to make sure I pause it with a second left next time so that way I don't get shafted Absolutely. by Jet and I'm, Madden 23. I, I'm honestly, I'm bridged right now. I am too. I'm unbridged by you even saying that shit. <laughs> Thanks everybody so much for listening to another installment of the 25-8 Sportscast. Might as well call it the 2050 Sportscast, but you know, because it's episode 50 if you didn't understand it. Uh, one more time for all of us. Bring us back home. I'm Tommy. That was Shed. And this was the 25-8 Sportscast. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Have a safe drive home. And good night. <laughs>